0: This is the one with an ancient humanoid squid identifying as a serpent.
1: A vicar who hesitantly and repeatedly deviates from his faith.
0: And wicked evil girls getting wet at Maiden's Point.
1: It's called The Curse of Fenric. Here we go. Here we go. We're embarking on a voyage all through time and all through space. Counting Daleks, Thalant, Boot and the Cybertronic race. Sontarans look like taters, and Silurians all have wonky scales. And the Doctor has a TARDIS. We're reviewing all his tales. Who back when? Reviewing all of who there is. Who back when? And subscribe and rate all night please. Episode by episode, we're trudging down this temporal. Come join us on this Odyssey. What other choice could there be than? Who back when?
0: Who back when? when? Why, hello, beautiful people out there in podcast land. Welcome once again to another episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or Doc Past. Or Doc Past, indeed. I am your lead host for this evening. That voice you heard there was the lovely Leon. Hello, Leon.
1: Oh, hello. Hello, Jim. Hello, Podcast Land.
0: Come take a pew, sit down, join us in the church of Doctor Who discussion, where the sermon today is on the curse of Fenric.
1: Yeah, you bet your ass it is.
0: (laughs) Wow, this is the penultimate classic serial. Yeah. Holy moly.
1: Yeah. And how does that
0: feel? Bonkers. Absolutely insane. For you, this must be like, what the frig? How did we yeah, get here? Yeah,
1: it's slightly dramatic. I might cry when we do our survival wow. review. We'll see.
0: Fully justified. <laughs> fully justified. Yeah. Anyway, we're not quite there yet. So, curse of Fenric. mean, mm. top-level yeah. feelings? Some something
1: ups that you want to get off your chest, Leon? Yeah. I really liked it. Okay. (laughs) I'm saying that because I have a feeling that you didn't. No. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, cool. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I should say I watched the... I have a feeling that you did as well. I watched the regular, originally televised version of this serial. Yes. Kieran Evans, KJ Evans, recommended that we go and find the special edition, which is something like 12, 15 minutes longer. Oh, wow. Uh, And I found it on eBay. (laughs) because of scheduling, sorry, podcast now, whatever, blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah, I just watched the normal one as well. Yeah, I think I might have to reassess some of these serials when I'm not making review notes. Because definitely, as I was watching oh, really? this, trying to keep track of everything, I was remembering our last conversation about the previous serial. And you talked me around on a lot of points. Like I enjoyed it more in hindsight than Ooh. I did whilst watching it. And so I tried to keep that in mind a little bit with this one. It still wasn't. Great for me,
1: but I, I enjoyed bits of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. Well, I think it is fair to say, though, that, well, my understanding, anyway, is that people much prefer the special edition the longer the sort of director's cut, if you will yeah of this story to what you and i watched that there are a lot of things in this version that we're going to be discussing and reviewing this evening that don't necessarily make sense but that kind of sort of um, ish makes sense in the special edition gotcha so caveat massive caveat
0: yeah okay well how about we summarize all of this kind of storyline stuff get that out of the way with mm-hmm. a bite-sized chunk of who
1: wait 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 is that wait, are there other options what are the other options
0: well we could just sit here <laughs> with silence i don't know don't truncate the silence as no, just be yeah, okay, be okay. all right okay.
1: <laughs> time for us to synopsize let and summarize so take a view. and grab a brief and listen and to this down. overview this free for all we like to call a bite-sized chunk of who <laughs> By
0: of who. Alan Turing really should have made a mad dash for the painting office because World War Two is coming to an end and some dude named Judson has ripped off the Enigma with his Ultima machine and is using it not only to decode enemy ciphers but translate ancient Norse inscriptions. The chap in charge, Commander Millington, has an obsession with the local Norse legend of Fenric, which he believes will ultimately win them the war, and happily endorses Judson's experiments.
1: In a plotline that hasn't aged badly at all, meanwhile, some Russian army chaps led by a heroic and hunky Soviet charmer with perfect faith in his country's ideology have arrived to steal the Ultima Machine, and are evidently going to be our best hope for peace in Act 3. Millington and Judson are about to Nectronomicon the shit out of Fenric, however, and soon this ancient evil will be free to unleash an army of hemovores and transform a pair of local women into vampire sirens. Also, Doc and Ace arrive just in time for Ace to meet her mum, seduce a couple of GIs, and learn she's been a pawn in Fenric's game since the start.
0: Peace, scout over.
1: <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs>
0: Wow, I mean that perfectly summed it up. I don't think we need to. I think so. Explain anything now. We can just call that job done. Yeah, yeah. Thanks sure, for listening, Podcast Lands. Wow.
1: you've been a great audience. <laughs> do you, <laughs> so. Where are we beginning? Yeah.
0: Do you have any good starting questions for us, or do we just have question questions? Because I have a lot of those. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> I've I've got tons of yeah. I've, I've I have I have plenty of questions, and I think maybe before. Uh, <laughs> Can I volunteer a piece of information that we discussed like th- just briefly before pressing record that I think may be worth bearing in mind for some of these questions, and that is that this was not intended to sit at this stage. this was not meant to be the penultimate episode in this season, yeah this was very likely be the season opener, yes. And I wonder if maybe that changes a couple of things.
0: Okay. Which which couple of things do you think?
1: Okay, so the blatant example in episode, the bit that's in the trivia even, is is not the thing that I have in mind. But that is the, oh my goodness, back in Perivale, there's this house, it's haunted, it's really, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Foreshadowing Ghostlight, whereas this is airing after Ghostlight. And when we reviewed Ghostlight, we were like, we never heard of this fucking haunted house. This makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. strike some decimal points off this off this bad boy whereas the intention clearly was to substantiate that subplot the thing that i did have in mind was one of my questions is has have you have have you felt throughout this entire run that ace has been a genius <laughs> has she been a mathematical
0: genius <laughs> oh no she's smart and she's i forget how old she's meant to be like i always remember that she left earth in 1983 when she got whisked away and she was 16 and it's been a little bit unclear how long she was on that yeah that ice world with cafe whatever it was and how long she's now been with the doctor It could have been multiple years. Maybe she's a 19 year old at this point. I'm not quite sure. But yeah, she was kind of portrayed as maybe quite intelligent for her age, like at least resourceful, I guess. And But now it's, I'm not sure how much you can pick up on and how much is like, she's been traveling with a doctor, of course, like she's understanding things more. But yeah, just as this, this raw genius. Yeah, sure. Mm, yeah, I'm not so sure
1: about it. That's a fair point. I hadn't considered the whole, oh, she's traveled with a doctor. So maybe that's expanded her intellect to a a degree which it would it would help anyone gain new skills and understanding what i was thinking was sort of in this episode we are we are told at the end she failed chemistry which is odd to me because she is an expert bomb maker so she seems to understand chemistry quite well but she is displayed as a super high iq Solver of logical problems. Now, after all of the episodes that we've had to date in this season, this does not tally for me at all. It seems very out of character. But imagine that this had been the season opener, then throughout all of the other episodes in the background would have been that just understanding that she is super duper clever. She has a mega high IQ.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess you've got a point there that just flipping it around as the original intention was sets it mm, up yeah. rather than trying to reveal something in hindsight, which then you struggle to to pattern over with the events you've already seen. What I mm. could offer perhaps to explain it, regardless of where this is broadcast in the, se- the season, is it kind of tallies with just the overall theme we've had of Ace, even in the previous season where she was a bit of a troublemaker at school, didn't like basically doing what she was told, doesn't like authority by the sounds of it. We were revealed that she really doesn't like her mum in this serial, which we can circle back to. There's a general yeah. kind of sense with her character of just not wanting to play by the rules sort of thing. And I think along with that, there is a level of intelligence that you kind of have to know the rules to break the rules sort of thing. And there are loads of tropes, like people often miss site that Einstein failed stuff at school where he didn't really but oh. this idea that genius doesn't have to be something representative in academic achievement it can come in all the different shapes and forms so sort i of think which is really not that true people who do well at school probably do well in other lives your your intellect is at dis- in display when you're at school but there is there is this kind of obsession i think with Academic work doesn't have to represent genius, and it sort of ties in with that. Maybe I don't. I'm
1: stretching things a little bit to get there, but <laughs> <laughs> it definitely ties into the chemistry understanding. Oh yeah, yeah. so she failed chemistry, but actually she's a super talented chemist. I get that. Do you want to? Do you want to talk us through Ace's backstory? Oh my god, what are the big revelations?
0: Wait, this feels like a test. How much attention have I been paying? <laughs> <laughs> just a quick segue as
1: we've just established you can fail this test and still oh, be yeah. considered an expert exactly the yeah later
0: <laughs> <along>. <laughs> i just want to do a very quick tangent caveat for before i get oh, into please. this because yeah yes. like i was saying pre b scale yeah i kind of feel like watching this in reviewer mode and that's the only way i've watched this this series like taking notes trying to keep track of stuff thinking, oh, was that good? Was that bad? I think is stopping me from enjoying it. And that hasn't happened with a lot of cereals. Oh. But the last couple in particular, and I think it generally happens when the cereal is a little bit disconnected, jam-packed with things that some are good, some are bad, but it's just like there's so much happening. Right. So yeah. I think I've missed a lot of stuff is what I'm getting at. But anyway, as I understand it, Ace... I don't know, grew up in Paravel, went to a spooky uh-huh. house one day, freaked out, burnt yep. it down. Doesn't like yep. her mum for, as far as I'm aware, undisclosed reasons.
1: I don't think we ever find out. She hates her guts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Ran away from home, did she? And and then got a. Did she? Maybe. Subducted? I don't know. It's very
1: possible. I'm not so sure. Wait, I don't know. I don't think she did.
0: No? Okay. She just, she, but she was so happy that she got taken. Time
1: storm in her bedroom.
0: Yeah. She, oh, it was in the bedroom. Okay. But she, she was very it's- happy that she got lifted out of her her world, I mean, quite literally.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe to a degree she was just a rebellious teenager, one of those, oh my god, you're not even my real parents, I hate you. Maybe that kind of person. And so if she had been lifted out of her life at 25, it would have been very different. She would have had a little bit more perspective, but she was lifted out of her life when she was just... A hormonal teenager. How old did she say she was? Sixteen. Sixteen, or I like, think. Yeah. A, a horrible person, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, any sixteen-year-olds listening.
0: <laughs> You'll get through it. It's fine. <laughs> mm. Did we miss Definitely. anything? Then obviously she meets the doctor, and they've they've travelled, or she spent some time on that other planet. Seemed to somehow get a job in a cafe. <laughs>
1: yes. Uh, so. Rewinding a teeny tiny bit before the way that she's lifted out of her old home in Perivale is there is a quote unquote time storm in I think her bedroom, but you might be right, and maybe she ran away from home and it was in wherever her new bedroom was. I thought it was in her family home. There is a time storm in her bedroom that whisks her out of her place in time and space yeah. and pops her on on Ice World. And I think in this episode, we learn that she manifested that time storm. And she did that because she is also carrying the curse of Fenric. I don't understand why she does that, though. How was she selected by Fenric?
0: Yeah, this is the bit I'm really unclear on. So I didn't get that she had manifested it. I thought Fenric had done it for some reason. So this is, yeah, this is a thing that we've had a couple of podcasters kind of giving us hints about there's stuff happening in this season that is providing clues to stuff happening later. We were told about watch out for chess sets, I believe, because they can become really important. We've been told, possibly people didn't see this outside of the Mastodon sphere, but I've been told that Ace gets a character arc and and backstory. And we're getting bits (laughs) of it, but, and I'm probably not going to make any friends saying this. To me, this is the bad wolf style of putting in like an arc, and it's just like the chess set stuff. It's like, right, we've put references to chess in some serials. It's not. A breadcrumb. Yeah. Well, maybe it is in the sense that the crumb is meaningless. Like you don't care about a crumb when you're eating bread. You know, you're not there for the crumbs. So <laughs> a random thing about a chess set. Fine, whatever. That's someone's decided to put that in there. But it doesn't. That's not yeah. feeling groundbreakingly intelligent. Giving the viewers like little hints of like an intrigue. That's just you referencing chess. And maybe someone goes, they're weirdly obsessed with chess in Doctor Who at the moment. What's that about? You yeah. haven't got most of the audience going, oh, my God, it's going to mean something. What the hell could it possibly mean? All these chess set references, you know.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with you. The chess thing here, the way I interpreted it was every time that we've seen a chess board, it's meant that Fenric has had a hand in it. So we saw they even name check what's her face, Lady Painful. She had a chess set in her study yeah. back in, I can't remember what year it was. And at that point, Doc immediately, because he saw a chess set, he immediately knew, aha, Fenric, because apparently he's obsessed with playing chess, but he's also really rubbish at it, (laughs) he must have cursed Lady Painfort as well. So she was also carrying the Curse of Fenric. And maybe that, in fact, now in hindsight, I'm thinking maybe that's how she managed to jump forward in time. It wasn't just a magic potion. It was that combined with the Curse of Fenric. Maybe Uh, that was a time storm that we saw. But that also, I agree with you, like, just putting a chess set there means nothing. Like, absolutely nothing. And presumably there are people in the world who play chess who have nothing to do with Fenric. Well, you would assume so, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, just because you enjoy the game of chess doesn't mean that you're carrying an ancient Norse Viking curse.
0: <laughs> I Because it's making me wonder like if... But how do you feel about the... Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's just, it's making me wonder if I rewatch this and obviously there's one more serial to come as well. So it might be some more things to go with it. But it seems mm-hmm. like maybe we've wrapped up the Fenric stuff. We'll see. And... I wonder if it would have more meaning to me every time I can look at it like you just did with the Lady Penelope and go, oh, now there's, (laughs) I can see that Fenric is involved and you could rewatch it with that in mind. I'm not convinced it's going to add anything, though. It's just like, oh, Oh. (laughs) maybe, yeah, that explains that weird power that didn't have an explanation
1: yeah. I agree with you. I don't think that this changes anything about what was that one called again? The silver silver, silver nemesis. nemesis. Like yeah. it wouldn't change anything about that at all. But what I do think is it will change Ace's and Doc's relationship in Dragonfire on Ice World. Because really the culmination of that arc isn't necessarily anything for Ace. It's like it's for her relationship with Doc. It's their relationship that has arced to this this episode. Because in the beginning, it's like, oh, my God, Ace, you're here. You've been star lorded. I'm going to help you. Oh, wow, we're going getting into some cool scraps. You're great. Go off, do your thing, blow up some stuff everything's fine. And then in this episode, it's like, actually, you're you're a chaotic, horrible person. You're pretty dumb. You're actually entirely unreliable. And I've known from the get-go that you've been cursed by this ancient evil. And that's why I picked you up, because I just wanted to keep you around. I want to keep an eye on you because you're dangerous. You're a liability. And uh, I don't really care about you that much, even though that's not necessarily true when he says it. But we now know the origin of their relationship. See, so what I'm getting from this... Seems skeptical. And, well, the thing that's
0: in my head, and I've read some other people talk about this, I think it was in some of the quotes from Wikipedia or something, this uh-huh. is a very new who-feeling way of doing stuff, because... Classically, Doctor Who didn't do any yeah. kind of ARC stuff. Like I've not been exposed to many from Tom Baker onwards, and I don't think you've ever referenced stuff from previous to me me doing the classics.
1: It said in the trivia that this is the first time that they've done this. Wow. Well
0: there you go. And so immediately it feels yeah. more like New Who, and people are sort of pointing at it and going, Yeah, this is this is where New Who got inspired from, really. This is this is the season right. that they tried to carry on. That's the spirit. And I get but I'm immediately kind of comparing it to some of the new who stuff where production levels did move on writing styles moved on like the way audiences are treated moved on sort of thing and now to watch it in 2023 and we can have a conversation absolutely and we'll probably go ah okay so it's bringing into question doc's motivations about that serial from a year and a half ago and that's that's the reality of it when these these were aired and it's just like that's not satisfying i don't think like maybe now in the streaming binge era of television television you could do something like that and it would be kind of cool like people would just go oh wow i want to rewatch this from the start and see what it all means but back when this aired in 1989
1: like in 1989 that's the era of yeah, I feel like that's the era of VHS tapes, like people, perfectly commercially available VHS tapes, so people are able to actually go back and re re-watch I mean, maybe that's the thing, maybe... And also... Yeah, maybe it was that. Hmm. I, I wonder if one of the cultural influences is soap operas, because it's not a new thing that you have TV that goes on for seasons and seasons, and where the characters evolve they remember what happened in previous episodes but usually you're absolutely right like usually on Doctor Who it's just monster of the week you know alien planet of the week and that's it and it's entirely separate it's devoid from the rest of the Whovian history perhaps with the exception of Daleks and Cybermen Who are like oh yeah no I recognize those I've met them before
0: yeah so actually just looking at Wikipedia the VHS came out in 1991 so two years later
1: Oh right. Oh, okay. I take so it back.
0: It's probably yeah. closer than they previously had ever had it. Like you're right, this is a big home media era. Maybe they were trying to dial into that a little bit, thinking, well, people will buy the VHS and rewatch it and they'll see little snip snippets here and there and go, Oh yeah, okay, Fenric was doing this kind of stuff. Mm. But I don't know. It just feels like it's not written to take advantage of that enough. It has, when we were watching those serials, we were just confused about certain bits. We weren't given enough fluff around the edges to think, oh, this is that thing we don't know about yet. That's all to come. Like, it never felt like we were waiting for the serial to come along and explain stuff. We just felt like, yeah, This doesn't make sense.
1: Sure. Well, it's possible that that's because it wasn't meant to be explained further down the line. It's possible that that was meant to have already been explained. Like if this had happened first, right? Yeah, true. Um, but so going back to what you said before, do you now feel that, let's say, for example, after we've done survival or after we've rounded off. Classic Who in general, are you tempted to go back and re-watch some of these knowing what you now know? And do you think that you will reevaluate some of these stories a little bit? I mean, maybe. I think,
0: yeah, like I said, more so than previous seasons of Doctor Who, I felt like watching it with the reviewer head-on, I don't know if I'm getting the most out of it, and... I would be intrigued just to sit down and just watch them. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I think these are more palatable to... Okay, can I ask
1: different questions about Ace? Sure. Oh, sorry?
0: That's oh, fine. You go ahead.
1: Okay. Why... <sighs> what? Can you explain to me the whole Ace <laughs> kind of seducing two of the soldiers? Like, she has a proper moment with the Russian guy. I've forgotten his name now. Um, yeah. sorin
0: i think is the leader guy
1: sorin yeah yeah she has a proper moment with him like minimum one proper moment those two they are they're in love (laughs) but then there's also there's some dude named lee and i don't know if this is something that is expanded in the special edition or if i just missed it but one of my questions is just who the shit is lee and why is ace seducing him (laughs) what what yeah but what so what? why is
0: that the guy <laughs> that's like in the, I can't even remember what room it was. Was it like a communications room? No, it was, it was the prison cell. Is this when they were there freeing Soren? Yeah, I think and- he's
1: the one who's guarding Soren. Yeah,
0: she distracts him. In-
1: yeah, Doc's like, oh, how are we going to get rid of that <laughs> yeah. dude? And she's like, oh, Doc, I don't think you understand. I'm not a little girl anymore. Yeah. Sort of hint, hint. I'm going to use my my feminine... <laughs> wow, yeah. sorry. I'm, I'm going to seduce this mf And then she shows up, knows him by name, and it is the most awkward seduction. I mean, I'm not even sure if it is a seduction. I wonder if she's sort of using NLP to just say random things and put him in some sort of weird trance that will have him follow her into the forest. (laughs) The shit is going to happen in the forest, by the way. What are they doing there? (laughs) Do we want to know? It's You know what? I'm going to find the transcripts. In the meantime, please explain to me what the hell is going on. It honestly
0: had vibes of just like shitty, not horror films, but I don't know, where they grab a couple of young characters and make them really emo. And they're just always talking about creepy stuff and death. And then someone is just like a normal-ish person and they just get absolutely obsessed by the creepy goth girl. And she's just stood there going oh, yeah, man, I just love graveyards. And they're like, okay, okay, let's go to the graveyard. And it's just, yeah, <laughs> there's nothing flirtatious about it or anything. It's just this weird fetish that they've they've made into a trope or something. I don't know. It had that vibe.
1: <laughs> Here's, I've found the bit. Okay. okay. Are, are you ready for this?
0: <laughs> sure.
1: I'm, I'm not necessarily going to do the voices, but you'll you'll get what's going on. Lee stars. are you looking for someone? No, you... <laughs> Not you, question mark. No, full stop. You, full stop. Ace continues. There's a wind whipping up. I can feel it through my clothes. Is there a storm coming? I wasn't expecting one. The question is, is he making all the right moves or only going through the motions? She's now talking to this dude in the third person, by the way. Like, she's just gone from... (laughs) Are you looking for someone to... Is he making the right moves? She's just reading
0: the direction (laughs) notes.
1: (laughs) Be what are you doing here? He goes you have to move faster than that if you want to keep up with me faster than light oh god, yeah faster than the second hand on a watch <laughs> oh my god that Much line faster we're not even moving yet hardly cruising speed sometimes i move so fast i don't exist anymore fuck off <laughs> what
0: <laughs> yeah uh, the faster than the second hand on a watch i wrote down just like what the fuck who
1: wrote that <laughs> Oh my god. Whoever's writing that is knee deep in getting laid. Like that. <laughs> who, who wrote this? Wait, who, who did write this? I made a note. Briggs. Ian Ian Briggs. Who's Ian Briggs? What has Ian Briggs written? Oh, wait, I did make a note of this. Ian Briggs also wrote Dragonfire.
0: Ah, right, yes.
1: So book ending aces arc effectively. yeah yeah I mean, i'm assuming aces in the next one as well but th- that's all ian briggs i mean well done Ian. Well, yeah well done don't write a romance
0: <laughs> oh, God. no
1: or do you know or do
0: <laughs> only so we can read it out and ridicule it sorry no i'm sure it's sure it would be great <laughs> So another side point, we can just come back to stuff. Yeah, please. That's also the weird thing about the placing of this serial. It's just so odd because it really feels... I mean, basically, this is Bad Wolf. This is new companion brought in. There's a weird thing about them. At the end mm. of season, everything comes to a head, and it's revealed what was going on with that. But this isn't yeah, the true. end of the season. There's another episode. It's like they even thought,
1: and it was meant to be the start. And it was of meant to season. be the start, yeah. <laughs>
0: but then they decided no, it should be later. Well, apparently they moved it just because it's a bit, it's a bit creepy. It would be better in October near Halloween. It's like wow, these are the decisions you're making. Is that why they moved apparently, it? Apparently, it's like you, that is ridiculous. Like you've for the first time you've constructed an idea of an arc. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's an arc. Uh And you just move things around because, oh, yeah, it's a bit horror. So I guess we'll air it around Halloween. Yeah. Okay.
1: Cool. Nice one, Jerry. (laughs) Yeah, but it works, right? It is a legitimately creepy serial right it's got crazy zombies vampires it's got sirens of some sort something that feels incredibly romero the super george romero night of the living dead scene when they're with the priest with the freaking nick parsons we oh, yes. need to talk about they're in the church and holding like holding the door closed because hands are trying to claw their oh, way through yes, it's yes This is a legitimately creepy serial in many ways.
0: Yeah, I wasn't ever really feeling creeped out. As a kid, though, this would have creeped the fuck out of me. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I think that's... Yeah, exactly. You're right. I also don't think this was necessarily scary. Perhaps by today's standards, slash for anyone who is older than yeah I don't know, whatever Ace is meant to be. <laughs> but but in general, compared to most of these Doctor Who serials, this is picking up some pretty serious horror tropes.
0: Yeah. And I think actually that's been a bit of a running theme with the Seventh Doctor era. Certainly the last season and Ooh. a half maybe. It's felt a bit darker. Like they haven't shied away from again we see like two people get turned into goo like i don't know yes we've seen i can't i can't think of ones off the top of my head but i feel like we've seen like some horrible effects like horribly good effects of yeah gruesome things happening
1: yeah i agree i also can't think of of one off the top of my head but i know exactly what you mean we've had a melting cranium at some point for sure yeah yeah because i think
0: we were comparing it to indiana jones which was similar era maybe it wasn't seventh doctor maybe it was sixth doctor i don't know but i think as we're getting towards the end of doctor who like it's maybe becoming aware of other things that are out in the 80s like this is the era of video nasties and politicians blaming it for all the troubles of society and maybe they were dialing into that a little bit i'm not sure yeah it's very that was a definite plus thing. I think that they had some good horror elements in there. Nicholas Parsons appearing as a priest was pretty amazing. I just, I think as with a lot of things in this serial, there's just, there was too much. Like I dubbed most of the creatures zompires because they were like this weird half mix between vampires and <laughs> zombies. But you're right. They had yeah. the siren thing going in there as well. It's like, there was just so much. It's just like, pick a lane, dude. Like, <laughs> why are you doing all of these things in
1: once, you know? <laughs> So all the zombies that we get to see in this, the hemivores who are, they they just look bloated and gross. Yeah. Do they just look that way because they've been underwater for so long? Like, is this what's going to happen to the two, I can't remember their names now, but the two women who are turned into hemovores and who become the sirens? Are they also I eventually mean, just going to turn into gross if That was the birds?
0: idea. I think we needed some in-between stages because to me, they just looked like straight-up sea creatures. Like, they were closer right, in look yeah. to, what's the he called? The Great one. Serpent. Yeah. Than...
1: Yeah, the Great Serpent. Yeah. The Great ser- He's a squid! I <laughs> know. <laughs> he is a straight-up... He is Bill Nye's yeah, character yeah. from Pirates of the Caribbean. 100%. He is a squid man. He's David he's Jones, yeah. David Davy Jones, isn't
0: it? That's the character.
1: Davy Jones, that's yeah. right. Yes. that's It's redonk. I mean, it's an amazing Constantly costume. Redonk, but you know what? I respect it. It looks great, though. It's stunning. Yeah. It's pulsating just behind his neck. Yeah. Some part of his mask is pulsating. It's absolutely gorgeous.
0: And yeah, just to stay on the kind of creature aspect of it, I did find it a little bit unfortunate that the two I'm going to call them girls because I think they're meant to be Ace's age and maybe they're not adults. Oh, yeah, fair enough. But yeah, I think they were probably the worst thing in this serial. Like both. I agree. Pre- Completely and agree. post-transformation, but particularly post-transformation.
1: Yes, agreed. <laughs> you know what? I actually don't really mind them pre-transformation. They, uh, were, they were just characters they barely got to do it yeah
0: i guess i I mean it was just a bit random (laughs) like i don't know what what they were trying to do with them it's just like suddenly they've had their bathing suits confiscated so they just in the background run into the water and fully clothed It's just like what's happening right now yeah that's pretty dumb don't know
1: so i think the only reason that they despite not being allowed to have their bathing suits because they are wicked evil gals and still (laughs) run into the water fully clad is because from that point on they were will appear as vampire sirens wearing what they wore when they ran into the water so otherwise the would be the bbc would be forced to show two young women in bathing suits as sirens and that might be slightly too adult
0: i guess (laughs) yeah a convenience of script of script writing like the Russians toning up and saying, from now on, let's speak English.
1: <laughs> yeah, let, let's all speak English. But, but not just like, that is hilarious. It is so obvious what they're doing there. But it's like, henceforth, we are only to speak English, but with our really thick Russian accents. And we are still going to be wearing our Russian uniforms. But it's fine. We are blending in. <laughs> so dumb. I mean. At the
0: time, I accepted it as like, oh right, okay, they're going to try and infiltrate yeah. the base or something. Yeah, no,
1: that's that's not no, part of the plan. No, we're <laughs> just going to be speaking English because maybe yeah. maybe someone's around the corner, and if they hear voices in English with a really thick Soviet accent, it's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I like so, that oh, they um, still wear their Russian uniforms. Like, <laughs> who are they trying to fool? <laughs>
0: i I mean i honestly don't get that subplot at all other than just a little bit of like yeah no one's ever quite sure about the russians eh (laughs) yeah
1: also they end up being the good guys in this. They're effectively the ones who save the day. Because the, yeah. the the British soldiers on their own would not be able to do it. The British soldiers have quite nefariously set up this plan to lure the Russians in to steal, quote unquote, the machine. But they've also put a mythological death bomb inside the machine that will just destroy all of Russia or something. <laughs> and, uh, like, just poison everyone. Pretty evil shit. And then the Russians show up and help them they teach them about camaraderie so to speak and and they help save the day they help thwart the evil power but we also get to see them like po- one of them is pointing a rifle at the two girls on the beach going please don't come any closer please don't come any closer because he will otherwise blow their brains out with his oh, rifle yeah, yeah. but then luckily they veer off to the side and he's like oh good, I don't have to kill you then. <laughs> These are not good guys. They're like really horrifically bad people, which is understandable because at this point in the plot, the good guys, quote unquote, need to be, what's his name? Judson and the What's his them. name? The guy, yeah. And and they have to, like their plan needs to be justified. And in order to justify it, the Russians need to be bad guys. But it doesn't quite add up for me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> No, that's the thing. It doesn't add up. And it's not just that they come to the rescue at the end. Like They come to the rescue when Ace is being surrounded by hemivores at one point, I think. Possibly there's another time... I think... Well, Doc and Ace beach. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is, is, sorry, is this what you... You carry No, no, on.
1: go ahead, please. Yeah, yeah. Go for it.
0: I was going to say, they also come and... The rest of the Russian troop come and save Soren, Doc and Ace from being executed by a oh, firing yeah, squad well. from the British yeah. soldiers. Yeah. yeah.
1: And before then, they are on the beach... Doc and Ace are on the beach. They're surrounded by the Russian soldiers. And just because Doc puts his coat, effectively, he puts his coat on one of the soldiers who's been scratched and cursed by the sirens or by water zombies or whatever it is at this point. Yeah. They're, they're like best buds. Why are you best buds? Why are you best buds with any of these soldiers? They're all horrible, <laughs> like on both sides. They're dreadful human beings. <laughs> and this is, I think, yeah. also the first time that Ace looks at Sorin and just goes, mm, I wouldn't mind a slice of that pie. That is, harbor mm, harbor what a hunger, hunger, Soviet love. <laughs> yeah, it's mad, is what it is. Yeah. It's doubly mad it, as well. Because, has, sorry, sorry,
0: just going to say, I think, I think Ace has a line where she says what we're all thinking, basically of like, wait, aren't the Russians on our side? You know, it's like, yeah. yes. So, why have you set up a thing where they're trying to steal the machine for code breaking the German transmissions? Like what what is the justification here? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs>
1: Well, in a sense, I think that's actually kind of a nice thing, because the same can be said about the British side, about Hillingdon and Juggernauts, whatever their names are, Johnson, Jugson, one of those two. And that is that, yes, they're the good guys, but their plan is actually that once there is peace, we're going to put a death machine in place because eventually there won't be peace. And the Russians are probably thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, the war is coming to an end. Yes, they are our allies, but we're going to go and steal this thing because eventually we're going to need this machine. And okay, right. Well, so effectively everyone's a bad guy. There are no good guys in a war is I think sort of what this serial is trying to say there.
0: I guess, yeah.
1: But that doesn't help me sympathize with either side.
0: (laughs) No, I don't millington i don't get the fact that this is is also obviously this is with military professionals and he's a commander he has troops at his disposal he's he's got resources which means someone is okaying this as well like i don't know the suggestion of this setup unless he's gone rogue or something it's just like what the fuck anyway but like he doesn't he have kind of like two plans with this at least it's what he tells us i don't know whether one of them is a lie because they have this toxin that they've created from i forget how they got that exactly but something to do with the cursy stuff yeah. and i think it's portrayed as like this will win the war so it a, you know, go. The intention is to use it against the Nazis, yeah. but then later on, it changes to be well. We're we want the Russians to come steal the machine, and we're going to put a little trap in it. Yeah, and it's like are, are both of those things meant to be happening. Is one of them a lie? Is it all about the Russian thing both and of those the, are the aftermath? Both of those are happening. Okay,
1: I think both of the- yeah, I think both of those are happening, and I think this is the whole like hey, it, like, effectively, the military can't be trusted, or like, the military-industrial complex can't be trusted or politicians can't be trusted, whatever. Nations can't be trusted. That, yes, we're going to win the war, as in we are going to gas Nazi Germany is hillingdon's plan he's like yeah we're gonna put this fenrich gas in germany we're gonna drop because he, he's got that amazing set by the way he's got the or props a combination of the two those that warehouse full of bombs that are all full of this gas or that green mm. chemical and at one point we get to see soldiers put that like a canister of that chemical in a grenade and just chuck the grenade and that gas is yeah, as well. yeah. No one's wearing a gas mask here, by the way. The winds are blowing. No one's wearing a gas mask. (laughs) doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever. We'll get to that. But so that's one thing. But at some point, this war will end and there is inevitably going to either be another war after this or there will still be Attempts by our current allies, Russia, Soviet, to or Soviet Union, to try to get the upper hand again. And therefore we are already now during the right ahead of peacetime with that nation, we're putting in place measures to destroy our allies. Yeah. That I think is the other side of it. However, you've just opened my eyes to something else, and that is they're basically just making weapons in this facility by siphoning <laughs> a green liquid out of the wall of a church basement. Like that is <laughs> that's that's the big military yeah, pretty, plan. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, so there's this green glue pouring out of a wall in the church <laughs> in the church basement, <laughs> and it's really really dangerous. <laughs> so we're just gonna and not. And not a chemist in sight
0: really nope. no absolutely not judson's a That's code breaker doing. the military are just yeah, yeah they're just soldiers
1: <laughs> yeah but that's all we need. What well, dude, what else do you need? There's gloop coming out of the wall. Like that's all you need. So question well, for you. Did they turn why up with a load Fenric? of bombs?
0: Why do you need Sorry? Fenric? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, why why do you need to decipher the Fenric code? Whatever that is. Why do you need to do I mean, that? So you is, already have Gloop yeah. coming out of the wall.
0: This is what I don't understand about Millington at all. Like, I guess he's he's gonna be cursed as well. Like he's just under a spell sort oh, right. of thing, yeah. is the justification.
1: Yes.
0: I don't know. I mean, well, it's as a is, what's his face? Shitty explanation.
1: Uh, Johnson. I mean, he gets
0: Fenric'd. I don't know if he's meant to be operating under control. I don't know. This is the bit that I really <laughs> cringed at. To be honest, like the whole stuff with the runes. Okay, so they get uh-huh. the runes translated, yes. and then, well, actually, no, they don't. They conveniently find out that the vicar's granddad translated them. There's already
1: a translation prior yeah. to.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't have to have a boring montage of heavy nights trying to translate this thing no great
1: imagine that montage then- by the way it's just johnson like with a pencil and then his assistant the nurse comes in like with a fresh pot of coffee he's like oh thanks so much nurse <laughs> yeah. and he's that cut two. he's now holding two pencils he's like translating two <laughs> things at once cut to nurse comes oh, in God. with more coffee <laughs> Which Doc, Doc does. He grabs two pens when he's forging the documents? Oh my god, he does! Yeah. I love that scene. Is that not the <laughs> that best nice. scene? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: God, what was I talking about? Yeah, no.
1: So the translation. Yeah, <laughs> we already have the translation. Tran-
0: yes. Yeah, yeah. So they're just reading the translation. It's in this book, and yeah. the way we get told the complete translation is the book gets passed to the next person and go, look, look, we got the translation, and they carry on reading where the last person stopped. <laughs> <laughs> they all just pick up the book and it's, there's a little bookmark in it. It's just like. Uh, it's your turn to read Uh, from or they're in the classroom the teacher just said yeah johnson page three line (laughs) 81
1: that didn't dawn on me at the time but that's great that's perfect (laughs) would (laughs) you want them to repeat everything like would that have been a better episode no exactly (laughs) but
0: you you don't have to have three different people reading it for a start that's true but you could you could have had doc passing it on to judson and just like point out a passage that we hadn't had read aloud yet it's like i think you'll find this part interesting or something like that and judson reads great okay now he's read something we didn't hear before (laughs) But he's just handed the book and just carries on from where Doc last read or whoever it was, you know. I don't friggin' understand this curse. I don't understand what the hell's going on with those runes. I liked the Viking aspect, but that was a bit bit abandoned. I don't really know if
1: it mattered that it was Vikings at the start of this. I don't think we needed Vikings at all here. Because Fenric is not a Viking. Fenric is the most ancient evil who has existed at least as long as the universe has existed. Like, we get another one of these. Another one of these ancient, ancient creatures. I mean, to the point
0: where, how unnecessary this is, I read trivia Uh that they talk about, like, the end of the world and, like, from, like, Norse mythology, Ragnarok. Yeah they had that apparently in the script at one point they dropped it because of course they pissed all over that when they came up with the gods <laughs> of ragnarok in whatever the fuck that serial was and it was yes, just we were like the, wait um,
1: why are of they called ragnarok? Yeah. yeah
0: and it's just well you shut yourself in the foot there didn't you didn't think that through yeah
1: you idiots <laughs>
0: <laughs> now you can't ever talk about ragnarok the very well-known norse mythology and now you're Trying to talk about Norse mythology, you absolute fuckwits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear.
1: Yeah, that's very true. Okay, so they need the translation of the runes, but then in addition to that, new runes suddenly show up. I can't remember oh, why yeah. those runes show up, but I can't remember if it's that in reading the translation, maybe that triggers those runes. Like there are different layers to the necronomiconing of Fenric. So they read the translation, those runes show up, I think, maybe. And then if you read or translate those runes, that's when Fenric shows up.
0: Maybe. I have no idea. I think so. Okay, Uh, let's go with it.
1: I think so. Well, I'm pretty sure that when they get those new runes, no one's noticed that, oh, these are new runes. They just go, oh, I guess here are more runes we haven't translated. You've been studying this wall, this basement for a while. (laughs) How have you not noticed thought- that a wall that previously had no runes now has runes? Anyway, so we've got these runes. If you plug those runes into a fake Enigma machine, the Ultima machine, the Ultima machine then deciphers, quote-unquote, these runes. But that's... What? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Oh. No. no, wait, 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 wait. I think I'm wrong. I think... Ace, because she is a mathematical genius, is the one who actually makes this happen. She says, when she comes in and she's tinkering with that wooden... I can't remember what she calls it, the flip-flop It's like a logic,
0: logic gate, logic box, something. Yeah.
1: She looks at the runes... And says, this is a logic puzzle. This is just like that other logic puzzle, but this is it. Instead of using numbers, this uses runes. And that's what prompts them to think, Johnson, anyway, to think, this is a cipher. We need to decipher it. Let's take these runes and plug them into our Ultima machine, because that's how it works. We'll just yeah. plug a note into a computer. And I'm kind of... Mm, I don't know where I'm going with this. I thought there would be a question at the end of this statement, but but there isn't at the moment. But I think possibly I can excuse it. And I'll tell you why. Because inside of the Ultima machine is some of the Fenric liquid, like the gross curse splooge. The green yeah, yeah and possibly that means now the computer itself is also cursed in a sense. Like now, yeah, like it, effectively they've it goes, turned the ultimate machine into yeah,
0: it goes a bit Ghostbusters. It's yeah. got slimy in it now, so it's
1: yes, exactly. it's
0: turned into evil. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: People are probably hating this in podcast land. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I just really it really frustrates me these last two serials in particular. I feel like there's good stuff here. But it's uh-huh. just dealt with so quickly, so surface level. And there's so much going on. It's so chaotic. And then you're left with trying to sift through. Okay, I'm not that bothered about the siren stuff. It didn't really do anything. I'll ignore that. Oh, we've got this <laughs> this thing over here, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay, I ignore that. What we've got is, okay, a, a story of evil coming through. It's hereditary and it's been affecting Ace all along. It's taking control of this commander. I don't know. Like you could probably it coerce it into. Well, that's isn't that the whole thing about this? Cur- the curse of Fenric is it went through this line, this lineage from those original Vikings that crashed or oh. washed up on on shore. I'm not I sure. I Thought that was maybe the kind of deal. Like the names that are on that gravestone. That's a bit wonky. Oh I yes, I thought they were no, all you're the, right. You're
1: absolutely right.
0: The ancestors yes. they, basically they of, of everyone. Like Sorin and Millington, I think. They're or at least Sorin Sorin, sorry, is meant to have had a lineage attached to that.
1: Yeah. Well, he does say my grandmother was English or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So does that mean because there's one aspect of Ace's backstory that we haven't touched upon, that we didn't touch upon when we talked about Ace, and that is she meets her mum. She meets her gran and her oh, mum yeah, yeah, yeah. in this in the serial. Does that mean that they are also cursed?
0: I think that's the idea. That's the implication. Like it's a small town, I guess. Although she's so her grandmother is. I think they're called Rens, isn't it? There's the female unit in the navy. I only saw this on Wikipedia, but wearing a white belt. This room of ladies. Like, every time they enter the room, is like "hello, ladies." or Whatever. Yeah. She's one of those, and I don't know if that means she came here with the rest of the troops, and she could have grown up anywhere, or if she's from the local area and would have signed up specifically to be based here because she lives nearby. But I guess is the fact that Ace is meant to have be attached to his curse as well would say she also shares a lineage back to these vikings that crashed at Maiden's Point true, so yeah. maybe her grandmother lives in this area as well and is descended from those people. But I, yeah no you carry on with this point and then i, I will air something else
1: <laughs> no 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 no. please go no go for it go on yeah please
0: okay so the f- most frustrating thing about this bit of ace's backstory uh-huh. is they say this baby is called audrey she says oh that was my mum's name she knows the name of audrey's mother and that yeah. is ace's grandmother yeah. Now, most people know the names of the grandparents. Yeah, and that's true. Wouldn't you kind of say, oh, your name is like my grandmother. The baby's name is like my mother. My mother. Oh, this is, this is exactly the year my mum was born. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Like, that's not a hard leap to make. Like, that's not even a leap.
1: That's a toe step of just, like, realisation. Because this is a TV show, obviously, the automatic assumption is, yeah, that's definitely Ace's mum. If this were real life, Ace's automatic reaction should be, that's really weird. Like, that's a crazy coincidence. Tell me more about your family so that we can piece this together. At least confirm to me that you're not my grandmother. (laughs) But then she'll say whatever she'll say. Like, I came over from over there and I love to bake this kind of bread (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) And she'll go, holy fuck, I remember that from when I was a child. Done. Done, problem (laughs) solved.
0: It was so frustrating that this didn't get revealed in that moment. It took like another episode and a half or something for that to come back around. It's like Doc's going, oh, by the way, you know that that baby that's
1: called the name of your mum? Oh, surprise, surprise, it's your mum. This is pretty rude of Ace Because in that scene She goes Oh yeah So oh th- This baby's named Audrey Are you okay? She's like No I hate that name Audrey's a <laughs> horrible name My mum was named Audrey She's like Right Well Now we already know That this baby is your mum Because th- yeah. those are the rules Of television But imagine Meeting a friend of your Or like meeting anyone <laughs> Who's got their newborn Right there And just telling them Wow You've made a mistake The name that you've picked For your offspring Is horrible like just straight up dreadful
0: (laughs) like this doesn't mean anything to you but i knew an audrey and she was a shit
1: (laughs) what were you thinking when you picked this name
0: (laughs) god man go back to a drawing board i mean she won't know she's just a baby call her something else (laughs) yeah exactly
1: it's not too late to change it (laughs) <laughs> so I was going to ask, when Ace sends, I've forgotten her name now, but her gran off to Kathleen. yeah Kathleen, yeah. she says, I think she says something like, my gran lives here, go to this address. And her gran is the person she's talking to. So she's yeah. pretty much just saying, go to what is going to be your home.
0: Which is bonkers.
1: Is she just going to show up <laughs> at a house and someone else is living there <laughs> and just go, just random woman told me that I should come here.
0: I know. Like, (laughs) how is this a plan? How is Ace not more aware at this point that they're in, is this 1943? Something like that? Like... I don't know. I mean, if she knows where her gran lives, like, either she has to be really confident her gran lived there her whole life, which obviously she didn't because we're just seeing her move there. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Just like, the lack of awareness on Ace's part that we are in history. What I know about my grandparents is from 1980s. We were in the 1940s. None of that may hold. And this is, you're right, the same serial where she's presented as a wunderkid and is meant to be really smart. Yeah,
1: exactly. This seems like a much easier logical problem for her to solve. Yeah. <laughs> Really, don't worry about it. I found the bit. Kathleen goes, where shall I go? What shall I do? Go to London. My nan will look after you. She lives in <laughs> Stresham. 17 Old Terrace. Say it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 17 Old Terrace. 17 Old Terrace. But yeah, so what? how does this play out now? She, she rocks up. That place yeah. is there. Presumably someone else is living there. <laughs> and- yeah,
1: but that someone else is... I'm going to assume that whoever lives there is the person who is... They're going to take her in or take them in. And the person who's there is whoever's going to be the grandmother's partner. Like, for example, the granddad. Okay. I'm making assumptions here. Yeah, but like, l- let's yeah. say there's a chap named Melvin who lives there. Melvin goes, who are you? No, I am not some woman named Ace's grandmother. I am a guy <laughs> named Melvin. But you're very welcome to stay because there's a war on and I want to help. And then those two fall in love and they raise baby Audrey. And Melvin ends up being Ace's granddad, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah. And it was—it was, just dawned on me. Sorry. So what's going to happen? Sorry, it's—it's it's really just dawned on me. Like, yeah, this is in the midst of World War Two. Yeah, and Ace says, "You know what is a really safe place to
1: go? London." London. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, my nan has nothing but fond memories of being in London during World oh, War Two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> like right, okay. it's a nice
0: concept it's a nice concept that she's wrapped up in this curse she's whisked out of her time and put into doc's timeline sort of thing, and mm-hmm. she creates this unbreakable loop of her own history by telling her grandmother to go to the house that she ends up living in, and that's where hmm. you know uh, her her mum grows up and then her mum births ace you know, but it's just the setup of it is just bullshit. <laughs>
1: Also the link at the end like when Ace sends off her nan and mum in the truck the nan Kathleen goes here keep this and she gives him gives oh, her God, a photo yeah. of baby Audrey yeah. it's a little odd to me that you've got these gigantic yes <laughs> portfolio size photos of your baby <laughs> yeah. but she gives Ace those photos but those photos don't really mean anything to her you know that it's no. not like here i as a memento take this thing and then she gives her for example a locket or something that we saw several serials ago that ace yes. has and then that's how ace goes Fuck, this is I know that's my mum just as they've left frame. They're already yeah, on yeah. the road away. It's like, oh my god, this is a family heirloom, and she like takes out the exact same locket from her pocket, but that it's just the same locket in a different point in time. Like, yeah Trick. Oh my god. Those photos mean nothing to her. From no, what we know, those photos are folded throwaway. up in her pocket when she jumps into the water at the end of the serial for no reason. <laughs> yeah, probably. <But> this- <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't seem emotionally satisfying but don't get me no, wrong i it's, like it's that she meets her mum i like that that loop has somehow been closed but it's a shame that we don't you said at the beginning like we don't really know why she hates her mum so if we no. had known about that if that had been built yeah. up at some point then this would have been a slightly more meaningful reunion like but yeah we've got, got to see out of the blue,
0: yeah we've got to see the closing of a loop when most of the loop is off screen or yeah exactly it's it's like an iceberg it's hidden under the water we've just seen the loop connecting above water and it's like yeah. okay but that's that's interesting
1: next <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> okay where to next what are we talking about here?
0: Well I feel like we need to talk about the doctor because we haven't talked about him at all and oh, let's do that. I feel like there's quite a lot of stuff going on with the doctor in this one and mm-hmm. I haven't really got my head around it at all but because this is trying to kind of wrap up an arc like there are there's a one moment in particular where Ace is like you know what's going on here you you always knew what was going on here and then the whole implication is that she's not talking about this serial or at least it's not isolated to this serial whether she's saying that I'm not Like Doc is meant to have been aware that there's this evil manifesting, all these chess sets. He's probably connecting to Fenric. He probably knew about. I think. I think it's a given. He knew there was something about Ace, and
1: he says outright, "She's a chaotic person, clearly cursed by Fenric."
0: But this is all in that weird section, which I didn't understand really, where he's trying to make her lose faith in him. And he's oh, just, true. he's yeah, lying. That's, that's true. So I don't know what you can take from that and what you can't. I'm not sure. That's
1: a good point. Yeah.
0: But well, how do you see this? Do you see this as the Seventh Doctor is manipulative, scheming, like, ne- ne- do you see negative things from this? Like he's hiding information from Ace, like he's not sharing things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that he's super duper scheming or evil, but he's certainly hiding something from her because he knows that Fenric has been in the background and he knows that Fenric was involved in the Silver Nemesis adventure, but he hasn't yeah. told he hasn't told us the audience that and he hasn't told Ace his companion that. And I think the only thing that we can potentially say, oh this is him lying because he needs to have ace lose faith in him in order to free the ancient one whatever his uh, their name is at the end the squid's person oh the Um, great serpent i think yeah what am i trying to say right so when doc says all that stuff all that junk at the end all of that is actually true, with the exception of the. this is the only reason I'm travelling around space and time with her. Because actually he's travelling around space and time with her because he likes her, he cares about her, she's his friend, and he wants to help her. But it's absolutely true that she was cursed by Fenric, it's true that she is a descendant of whatever, that baby Audrey and Kathleen are descendants of those vikings, it's completely true that she is chaotic and utterly crazy bonkers mad and it's also true that she is part of all of these misadventures because of an evil force lurking in the background and he's never said that if he had said if he had been open and honest about that with her then that probably would have been fairer towards
0: yeah i was struggling how to read this because he says some horrible things I think you're right that there is probably a lot of truth in what he's saying. So I might just read it, actually. So Doc says, I knew she carried the evil inside her. So he's just referencing the curse. Yeah. Do you think I'd have chosen a social misfit if I hadn't known? Insulting her already. She couldn't even pass her yeah. chemistry exams at school. And yet she manages to create a time stone in her bedroom. I saw your hand in it from the very beginning. Yeah. And then Which is, she's like, an emotional cripple. I wouldn't waste my time on her unless I had to use her somehow. I mean, he says yeah. some really horrible shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. But could this not be the lie that you referred to before? Could this not be something that he says just to have her lose faith in him?
0: Oh, absolutely. But I think like there's some truth here, like, oh yeah, absolutely. creating a time I think we're storm, on the same page, dude, yeah, yeah, like, no, it's what I'm trying to like unpick is like how much of this can you say that is doc saying the truth, but like flipping it around into a negative, and how much can you say that's just a straight up lie?
1: okay, here are the things in there. Well, let's go through it. I think this is what he's saying that's true, a she created that time storm.
0: Yeah, that seems likely.
1: And she did that because, B, she is cursed by Fenrir. She has that evil Mm -hmm. inside her. Yeah. And that is it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she is a social misfit to a degree, but there hasn't been much of a society for her to fit into in the first place. When he met her, she was on Iceworld as the possibly only human. It's incredibly unfair to say that she is a misfit at this stage. I guess unless yeah, we count. I, well, when she wasn't in a lesson, she blew up whatever it was—woodshop class or something.
0: I mean, I feel like you can you can probably read that as yeah, the anarchic nature to her character is what Doc's yeah. referring to there, and sure. it's not necessarily negative. It's just that yeah, she didn't always fit into the usual kind of structure that she was meant to as a kid going to school and stuff. But he's yeah, turned exactly. it into a negative. Emotional cripple? I mean do you think yeah, he is saying something he really thinks there? Not in that harsh a term, but that she's underdeveloped or naive and in, in some some uh, way, perhaps?
1: Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I could, <laughs> if we say, you know what, I can see where he's coming from, then that's that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think he recognizes that she is quite fragile given all of her experiences. And everything that he says here is designed to have her have a minor breakdown and lose faith in him. If you put this in in the context. Mission accomplished. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. If you could put this in the context of the ghost light scenario Uh of her having burnt down that house and Doc's therapy session is let's go to the house and not tell you. like it actually kind of fits like he thinks she's got some emotional baggage to unpack and he's going to unpack it in the sense that he's just going to fling it open and throw all the clothes on the floor you know and i don't know if if this is almost a little bit telling of the seventh doctor is a bit of a shit and like with it's true now a slight recurring theme
1: you're so right. This might be what all those people were referring to when, before we got into Seventh Doctor territory, I remember reading, yeah, the Seventh Doctor is, an, is a bit of an asshole. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's such an asshole. he makes the Sixth Doctor seem like a charmer. Exactly, Maybe this yeah. is what people were referring to. I yeah, think it could uh, be.
0: And I think it's been building. Like, I don't know if you'll agree with me, I think you probably will, that this wasn't the Seventh Doctor in the first series that he appeared in. He was a bit bumbling maybe he was yeah. terse on occasion but yeah he was just solving problems and maybe didn't always let on like the doctor doesn't what's going on but now he seems to be very he seems very emotionally unstable not emotionally mature and dealing with w- things in a way of just like bluntness and lack of empathy and yeah yeah, yeah. that's true I completely agree so yeah i'm not sure how i feel about him at this point like and and i really liked actually the ace said those things to him that he's been withholding and he knows what's going on all the time because I think that's been the theme and it happens in the odd serial and classic from time to time where the doctor seems to know what's going on and we're not let in as the audience and most of the time it's really frustrating it doesn't make a lot of sense it's not a great thing to watch occasionally it's done mm-hmm. well and you get to think oh wow the doctor's amazing he put all that stuff together and we could not ever have managed to do that but yeah, most of the time it just feels like, well, they didn't, they didn't give us any information, and now Doc just knows what's going on, and I felt like that was like almost kind of like in in show way of addressing that. <laughs> yeah,
1: is this going hand in hand with the we also now for a few seasons had allusions to this major backstory, this other side to the Doctor's identity that we haven't had before. The whole Doc is perhaps perhaps involved in more important and universe and time altering historical stuff than yeah. we've ever known And so whenever you drop one of those hints, that's another one of those cases where actually zero context, zero background. Here's just an explanation. You as the audience slash you as the companion need to buy it, need to just believe everything. Does that go hand in hand with, I know what's best for you, companion, because I know you just need to take my word for it. I've been around longer than you have. I'm going to make decisions for your mental well-being. <laughs> you just need to, you, in fact, you don't need to do anything. I'm going to make decisions on your behalf. Maybe I think, that's a very dangerous connection, actually. But.
0: No, I think you've hit a bit of an nail on the head there. I think it's it's hard to like say that's 100% the thinking of the Doctor in this si- situation. But absolutely, they mar up, because they mar up in this very serial. There is obviously the reference about Fenric being left in the shadow dimensions for 17 centuries.
2: Oh, yes. And it was
0: Doc that put in that. Yeah. Like, there is a a bigger picture here. There is a Doc is taking control of the universe in a way that we don't normally see. And we're only just getting snippets of it here and there.
1: Yeah, in a sense, this is Doc looking at the universe and going... Ugh, this universe is an emotional cripple, is socially inept, and I can make decisions on its behalf. (laughs) Yeah. Can you explain that to me, though? Because I, I hadn't caught the shadow dimension thing, that side to his backstory with Fenric. I only knew that he had trapped Fenric in a bottle, like a genie, and that bottle is in the basement behind a wall. Was it literally that bottle? Is it not? I thought it was.
0: I don't know. Like, I mean, that there was a the whole thing with the machine, and did they put the bottle in the machine? I don't know, which I found weird because there was already some green stuff in the machine. I don't is know, that the bottle that's in the machine? I, I don't, th- I don't know if I think it was, but something happened with the machine that when they decided to do something extra. No, yeah.
1: I think it is. I think that's the exact bottle that's in the machine, and that's why when Judson is tinkering with the machine, a lightning bolt shoots out of the machine at Judson. Judson dies and is then reanimated as Fenric. Yeah, that's Fenric in the bottle, lightning bolting into him.
0: I mean, yeah, something like that. I honestly didn't make complete sense of it. We had, because we had things about the, yeah, the logic problem being the true translation, that being fed into the machine. And yeah, that, that maybe was releasing Fenric. But then also there's this, Oriental flask bottle thing, which is, uh, yeah, being handed yeah. around. And I don't know. I'm not quite sure what was meant to have been the trigger, what was meant to have been a vessel, or whether it was just he was everywhere. What the hell are the shadow dimensions for a start? Like, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Know.
0: The, <laughs> so, the, yeah, this is basically. Right at the start of part four, when Judson pops up and is now Fenric, uh-huh. I mean, it's not even called Fenric. Like, it's so weird. Like that they, they have in in the show dialogue saying, like Doc, I think, is saying, like you know, it's not even called Fenric. That's just what Millington calls it, that's or the something Norton like that. Name for it. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know, but that's the only name we have. Whatever. So Judson stands up as Fenric and says, you left me in the shadow dimensions trapped for 17 centuries, but now I found the body again and the preparations are complete. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, what was this meant to have been? Because this is this is bigger picture stuff. This is not just there's an evil that Doc has been aware of that's been popping up all over the place. It's inside Ace and he picks up Ace maybe to like try and protect her. It's not just an anonymous evil. It's the evil that he banished seven, yeah, well, for 17 centuries. the like, oldest
1: evil in the universe. Yeah. Like, so, Black Guardian, <sighs> get out of the way. There's a new <laughs> chap <Jack> in town. <laughs> exactly. This evil predates absolutely everything. And it's just come about from some sort of energy imbalance at or, or possibly before the Big Bang. Something like that.
0: I, I have no idea. But I mean, I <sighs> think.
1: I think one of the problems here is that they are trying in one episode to set up season long arcs. And that is not, that just isn't going to work for anything or anyone ever. They tie up the Doc and Ace arc. I like it. I'm on board with it. I think it could have been handled better, but fundamentally, I'm enjoying it. I'm a fan. But you can't just in one and the same serial say, oh yeah, and by the way, all along there's been something else. Everything you know has been untrue. Like, yeah, but everything I know, what you mean is everything I've known for the past two weeks. And we're talking about a show that's existed for 26 years. (laughs) Two weeks actually in the grand scheme of things is not that much. You can't set up an arc in that sense. If there had been hints dotted around the place. If at some point five seasons ago someone had been playing chess and... There's a reference to it, blah blah blah, and then in this season we call back to it. That's another thing we yeah. don't get that.
0: Or there's never, every time people we've had Vikings before, chess. but there's never
1: been a mention of Fenric. Sorry.
0: Yeah, like yeah, it needs that extra thing. So it's, if you're dealing with Vikings, they mention this legend or something like that of evil. Yeah, they, maybe they don't even name drop Fenric if they're playing chess, maybe there's a moment where someone gets really frustrated with solving the problem. Like you need an extra thing of just, why did that happen? Yeah. Not just there's a chess set.
1: And so I saw in the trivia that there was a plan at one point to keep or to write in the meddling monk in this, which would okay. have been pretty fantastic because the monk in general as a character is terrific. Have you encountered the monk? I feel like you've encountered the no, monk. no. We've talked about the monk anyway. It's just a mischievous, egocentric Doctor Who's
0: Loki. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Yes, absolutely.
1: (laughs) It's just driven by self-interest and wants to get up to get into some trouble. That's it. Yeah. Ideally, turn a profit in the process. And uh, the first time that the monk showed up was in a serial. Set in t- 1066 with Vikings. And so there would have been a Viking connection. I don't know how, but maybe that would have been a way to sort of retroactively s- create a callback to Classic Who. Yeah. But I think it still would have had problems. Like it still would have been. We're still talking about these four episodes, four weeks worth of Doctor Who that tries to rewrite all of history. And it just, you know, it doesn't work.
0: Yeah. No, it's a tall order. And. It's even more bonkers in hindsight that they were trying to do this as the season opener, and then they yeah. like I don't know what the intention was to like wrap up the storylines in the end, or if like you'd you'd then be encountering things after this has been wrapped up, which wouldn't make sense, so yeah, it must have been a very different story, I guess when it was originally yeah. the season opener, probably. The thing oh, I wanted to get go on to then was the actual end game of the chess reference.
1: Oh, let's do that. If, yeah. If you want to talk, talk about that. Please, yes. Talk us through it. Yeah. What the fuck is happening with
0: <laughs> Fenric <laughs> and chess? Why does he turn into a gibbering wreck? Because let's face it. There are some chess pieces on a board in a particular configuration, and it's yep. a problem to solve. Like, yes, this is this is possibly the biggest evil the universe has ever known, the oldest, right. ancientest evil, and yep. he's been outlogicked in does not compute fashion by a chessboard.
1: <laughs> and on top of that, the way that he ultimately beats Doc is by learning. That he needs to not adhere to the rules of chess. Yes. That <laughs> in the end, actually, the black and white pawns need to work together to take down the king. That's you're no longer that's, playing chess, no, buddy. No, like, no, that is a different not game you're playing.
0: No, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's not checkers so, either. Yeah, so actually, I'm sorry. You just
1: that's yeah bullshit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh god! And so the real, real world in quotes connection that that had with the fucking Russian and British soldier like getting all yes. camaraderie. Oh my god, that Absolutely. was the cheesiest shit I've ever seen. It was so horrible. We're, we're really going to well, get we're along.
1: We're, we're best buds. <laughs> oh, that was insanely bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got nothing else to say about that. I, I see that. I think that's a value necessarily. It's bonkers. I agree. It makes no sense. It is really dumb and it's cheesy enough that maybe I do still kind of like it. <laughs> the thing the thing that really pisses me off. I'm sorry. <laughs> so much pisses no Fred. Fred, please.
0: Like how how do you go from two pawns teaming up is the way that you win against let's say it's the black king. Yeah. How do you go from that idea to say that means the entire white team wins? Like, no, the pawns won. The new team of the pawns (laughs) won, not the leader of the other team, because that's not who they teamed up with. (laughs)
1: possibly i don't know you're also describing a game that is not chess now like oh god how do i win chess oh well it's pretty easy don't know anything i can do with the pawns my knight can't move anywhere i've lost my rooks i don't know what to do i guess i need to call in the air force there's no air force in chess (laughs) no there is now there is now yeah yeah (laughs) this is how i win (laughs) no what am i gonna do yeah this is ridiculous i found found this ancient
0: rule book actually when they were first coming up with the concept of chess when it first evolved from the whatever game it evolved from yeah they used to have a piece called the unicorn yeah that comes along and it stabs the king with its its horn game over
1: yeah That's right. So in... I've got a question about chess, actually. In Hillingdon's office, which is just a straight up Nazi office, (laughs) (laughs) Doc goes in, sees all the Nazi artwork, memorabilia, whatever, and he goes, oh, this is a perfect recreation of his corresponding number in Nazi Germany's office because he wants to put himself in that mindset. He sees the chessboard in that office. It's like, oh, that's, that's a chessboard. And then he walks up to a photo on the wall, which I don't, I didn't look in detail. I don't know what this photo was, but he goes up to a photo and he goes, oh, No, that's wrong, that shouldn't be in here But he doesn't say that about the chessboard And I think we're led to believe that he is cursed by Fenric And the clue that indicates this is that he has a chessboard in his Nazi office So why doesn't he walk up to the chessboard and go, hmm this shouldn't be in here. Why does he walk up to a photo and what is that photo of?
0: I think, was there some reference to, is, is this proof that Millington and Judson knew each other? It doesn't make a mention about the ties, like it, the ties were give is away there. This,
1: oh, is this the background? Ooh, interesting.
0: I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. It's like the, the old school one. tie. It seems that Millington and Judson went to school together. That was before Judson had his accident.
1: Oh, right. Okay. So, okay, podcast lamp. We looked up some trivia about the backstory of Hillingdon and Judson before we pressed records. And in the, was it the novelization of this story?
0: I I think even there were hints at it, before, like when they originally wrote the script as well, and which they then dropped.
1: That they were they were lovers. And at some point, Judson was, well, at the very least, Hillingdon thought that Judson was flirting with some athletes maybe it's actually a sports team on that photo by the way so i think it's a
0: cricket team yeah
1: cricket team so he was maybe he thought that judson was flirting with one of the cricketers and therefore he broke his back and that is why judson is in a wheelchair in this serial wow so why is hillingdon not in prison <laughs> true he he broke a dude's back <laughs>
0: I mean, to be clear, we don't have any of this in the serial, so, you know. That's true, yeah. Yeah.
1: And why are they still chums? Like, why are they still colleagues?
0: I don't know, because there was this scene of... They're sat down. It's literally two lines each. They're sat in Millington's office at one point, and Millington's going on about, like, stuff's going to come true... The power of Fenric will be ours. Like, this is the first hint that they're teamed up together. And I think not mm. the only hint that they're teamed up together, really. And Judson says, let the chains of Fenric shatter. Well, what about my chains? And Millington yes, goes, right. that was over 20 years ago. Why are you reminding me about this? I've made amends Stop for that one. Stop this against fuck. me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and it's not yeah. clear at all what the hell that's going on about in the serial. But it seems... That is the remnant of this backstory that then gets picked up in the novel of them having a relationship and Millington breaking Judson's back. I mean, the fuck?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's, yeah. I, I don't know what else to say. I feel like it kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. Okay, frivolous piece of trivia. The nurse, everyone in podcast land already knows this, I'm sure, but the nurse, Anna Reed, plays Nurse Crane, is also in a New Who episode, Smith and Jones, where she plays yes. a plasmavore, where she also drinks blood with a straw. She's also essentially a hemovore. She is a... Ah, yeah, true, that's yeah, yeah. Perfect, perfect analogy.
0: She She's also quite well-known to British television. She was in oh, really? Coronation Street. I don't know her from that. Oh. I know her from Victoria Wood's stuff, where she's... Oh, cool! A com- comedic actor, or th- I think she yeah, plays yeah. a lot of stuff, sort of deadpan. But yeah, it's all in the comedy setting. Cool. Um, yeah, she's she's really good.
1: Anything else? Anything we should discuss? Faith based telepathic barrier.
0: Uh, I mean, there's still a lot we haven't really covered, but we've
1: that's true, been chatting yeah. for,
0: a, for a while. <laughs> there's so much packed into the serial, It's insane. I don't feel bad about not having kept up with it all, of it, to be honest.
1: <laughs> no, no, absolutely no. You shouldn't. <laughs> okay, well, pick a couple of things. Pick two things, now pick two things. Let's ping-pong this.
0: How about the Great Serpent flip-flopping when Doc says, oh, he's just going to destroy you. Like, there's an illusion, basically, that the... Fenric is going to hand over the earth to the Great Serpent and whatever species he is. And then Doc says, well, I've been in the future. The earth's a pile of shit, man. That's what happens to your (laughs) planet. You shouldn't go along with this. And then the Great Serpent doesn't. He turns around (laughs) and goes,
1: okay, fine. Fenric, come with me into this gas chamber. Dark. (laughs) Yeah, it is pretty dark. But I think that sort of works. I don't know if, as the Great Serpent, I would necessarily be convinced by Doc's no, evidence. Probably if you call it no, probably not. <laughs> of course, he's going to say, "No, you're not going to get what you want. You should side with me instead." Of course, he doesn't provide any evidence. He doesn't prove anything. No. But if we just agree that everyone's kind of naive and take everyone takes everything at face value, everyone just believes anything that anyone says, and everything that everyone says is true. Then I'm fine with this. That's great.
0: <laughs> so what you're saying is the great serpent hasn't encountered lying yet. Okay.
1: <laughs> Correct. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> okay, what you got?
1: Okay. When Hillingdon ordered his chap to disable the radio, did you not also think that he meant unplug it? <laughs> yeah. It's like you can take the plug away.
0: Just don't make it easy for them to use it. Not, oh, okay, I'll go at this with a fucking axe. (laughs) 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 That was quite amazing.
1: Yeah, when he goes, oh, I'm not sure I can obey that order. Then in hindsight, you realize, oh, that's why he couldn't. Because he was interpreting this as, I will just pulverise the equipment. (laughs) (laughs) It's so dumb. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Go for it.
0: I uh, I don't know if there's any other big things to go through. I just want to draw one little attention to some production uh-huh. values that I found quite enjoyable. It yeah, rains it. a lot in this serial, but it's very localized rain, I noticed in a few <laughs> scenes, where it's literally half the screen was raining and half of it wasn't.
1: <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that. That's great.
0: It's like, oh, <laughs> I think you need a bigger sprinkler system, BBC. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh that's very good. <clears throat> I had not noticed that. I didn't notice that you could really hear the rain on his umbrella, oh, which wow. was slightly annoying. Yeah. But aside from that, no, I didn't pick up on that. I'm a bajillion percent going to rewatch this, but I will re I will watch the special edition. I want to see that and see what's different. And I'm going to keep an eye out for stuff like that, <laughs> even if it's just to notice whether they've obviously CGI'd rain onto the other half of the screen.
0: Oh yes. <laughs> Go on then. Final point.
1: Final point. Okay. Faith based telepathic shields thingy. Oh, yeah. That seems like a get out of jail free card to me. Because you can (laughs) always be sure of something, even if it's just I am completely, I have complete and utter unreserved faith in the fact that I am in this place at this point in time right now. Done. No vampire can touch me.
0: Yeah. You're sounder of mind than I am. I think the more I thought think about that, the more I would probably go, "Wait, what if it is a simulation?" <laughs> you know, I think you can be pretty faith, have a lot of faith in things. Yeah, like gravity, just or I am physically touching this thing, all that kind of stuff. I am not I'm not asleep right now. You can be pretty pretty sure of.
1: <laughs> That's yeah, relatively absolutely. In the, we get to see Doc use that shield as well. And didn't hear this myself. I had to go in and look at the transcript for this. But he says the names of his, well, some of his companions, some of his first companions. Oh, yeah. He goes, Susan, Barbara, Vicky, and Stephen.
0: Yeah, I kind of missed that as well. I saw some notes about it. I can't even remember what context that came up in. Is this the same scene where Ace is having faith in the Doctor and gets shielded through that?
1: I think so. I is think this an extra exactly scene, scene perhaps?
0: Because I I really don't remember this.
1: Oh, did you not see this? He, so he... No. Oh, maybe it's not there then. No,
0: maybe I uh, just blinked and missed it.
1: I'm in the transcript right now and I can't actually get it. I can't find it. No, I couldn't find those maybe, names maybe, either, which is making me wonder if... Maybe I didn't see it in the transcript. I found it somewhere. Oh, sorry. I found this on IMDb Trivia. So th- one of the trivia points there was, the Doctor chanced the names of his former companions to ward off the Hemovores. Although the sound mix renders, many of them unintelligible, names can be heard include Susan, Barbara, Vicky, and Stephen. That's where I got it from. Sorry, not the transcript. It isn't in the transcript.
0: No, which I guess maybe it wasn't clear enough dialogue. Because this is yeah. we're reading a, a fan-made transcript. I believe yeah, this exactly. is what this site is. So
1: I'm pretty possibly sure, yeah. they
0: didn't pick up on it. Yeah,
1: in, in interesting That's quite, that's quite nice. Reference, in a sense, it's very nice that he's bringing up Oh, sorry?
0: I'm just making the same point you did, I think. Carry on, please.
1: Okay, (laughs) sorry. We definitely have a delay. Yeah, it's a nice point. It's a very nice point. How do you feel about it not being ace? Oh, interesting. Why does he not say Susan, Barbara, Vicky, Stephen, ace?
0: Yeah. I wonder how intentional that is, or if they just wanted to reference previous companions because it's fan servicey. Yeah, maybe they are saying something there. Because yeah, I'm not sure how much faith Doc does have in Ace. Based on what we've already said about the way he's treating her and stuff, it's unclear. Yeah, very true. Hmm, interesting. Hmm.
1: All right, something to mull over. Yeah, we we can mull that one. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, whilst everyone has that to swill around their mouths mm. before the final <laughs> tasting session, <laughs> how
1: about Mm-mm. we go and rate this? <laughs> mm, let's. And now it is time to rate this. Did we love or hate this? bing bon bing bing-bon, hey-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. La, 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 ratings.
0: Well, here we are once again. You've made it through to the R uh, minis. Ratings, that bit of the podcast episode. Mm-hmm. I was the only one that even attempted to put a fingertip on tipped nose so yeah. I won that game that, Yeah you Just did <laughs>
1: And that means Leon, you're gonna read us your rating first, I believe. I will. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna dive right in. Well, I think we've established at least that I feel that this is a story that bears rewatching. And I am I'm certainly going to direct my attention at the special edition. FYI, by the way, it is available on Daily Motion. I did find it there. So if anyone's interested, have a look. But it is pretty low res, so I think maybe eBaying that DVD might be the way to go. Anywho, Whether we agree or disagree with what happens in this story, the general consensus has got to be that it is pretty important stuff. Whovian stuff. Sly McCoy is terrific. Yes, there is a greater emphasis on his conniving, manipulative, grey eminence, ruling from the shadows type personality. And that's where the agree slash disagree bit sort of comes in. But regardless it's very interesting and he does a very good job of delivering that so bravo ace really gets a chance to shine here as well i like that she gets to solve logical problems and prove herself really clever but i'm really sorry it just doesn't work for me in general like i don't buy it (laughs) i'm very happy for her to have greater agency but i don't buy it because to me she's just that companion who got star lorded before she had a chance to get any schooling and who solves problems with bombs and baseball bats not maths true this is a different companion that they've written here. The foe, well, what did you call them? Zombayers? copyright gym cakes. Love that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Was that what it was? Zompires?
0: Zompires, I called them, yeah. Zompires.
1: Oh, that's even better. Yeah, hang on. (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to write that down. That's so good. I think that's going to be part of the brief encapsulation summary abstract of this episode. Anyway, they look terrific. They're gross and they're gorgeous. The two girls who are turned into sirens are about as annoying as any biped has ever been, but it's too late to change that now. What other foes are there? The serpent. The serpent is not a serpent, but looked phenomenal. And you know what? I came pretty close to sympathizing with him or with her. Sorry. I think I read this in the trivia on IMDb. In the novels or comic books or audiobooks or whatever it might be, it's clarified uh, the great serpent. The great serpent? Am I using the name yes, like from to. Flux? The grand serpent? The great serpent? Whatever. The serpent is a she slash her. And Ooh. also on the note of sympathizing with her in the transcript, there are bits... So I've I've not seen the special edition but in the transcript if you've got that in front of you there are bits that are in in italics and those bits are from the special edition and there are parts uh, there okay. so I haven't seen this but I've read something where you get a little bit more of the serpent's backstory sort of the becoming time-stormed into viking times having to protect that GD bottle going to Transylvania and I'm assuming meeting Dracula and so on and so forth <laughs> there's a whole thing there of this this character hasn't really had a sense of self for millennia or at least (laughs) 1.7 millennia and it it, it deserves our sympathy so interesting Uh, Fenric himself though wow what a what a wiener what a weenie in a bottle that's the only reason i said wiener i would have preferred this to have been some other established ancient evil like off the top of my head, great intelligence, okay. Great, yeah, Black Guardian, the Mara, anything that had already been established because any attempt to create and cap law at the same time is just going to fail. So, it doesn't really work for me, but interesting. Production value plus points, whatever, yada yada yada. Greatest asset, espionage, action, aces, circular bootstrap, paradox, backstory, Bill Nye, Nicholas, goddamn Parsons, umpires, lake women. Yeah, I'm on board for all of it. Biggest flaw though, far too little meddling monk. Main takeaway, perhaps I'll judge the uncut version higher, and I've given this a rating of three point nine. So that's not as good as Ghost Light or Battlefield, but it is better than Paradise Towers, and mathematically, it's just short of ten times as good as Greatest Show in the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow that's still a pretty big heart you've got there i must say hey. yeah <laughs> i mean i thank you thank you very much that was an awesome awesome mini i think Pleasure. you yeah you're probably not far away from a lot of people out there in podcast land oh i'm slightly concerned I now know. I, <laughs> as i, I drop, I drop in,
1: in a, a couple of them and they are pretty yeah. high up there
0: <laughs> yeah I mean, I don't disagree with anything you've said. I think it's just, it settles in my mind slightly lower in the scale of judging mm-hmm. Doctor Who, which is obviously these mm-hmm. numbers in brackets. Everyone, remember out there in podcast land, we're not saying like this is a 3.9 out of five in terms of everything in the universe. It's just That's in right. terms of Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, just said giving you all a cushion before I get my number. Okay. <laughs> 1.8. <laughs> Hey, have you been looking at my notes? No. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. What do I think? So unfortunately, I think pretty much everything in this serial just feels a bit rushed and ham-fisted. And I'm going to dwell on some of those things to start with. So we've got Ace's backstory slash character development. We've got a nice explanation for the time storm, which was left kind of unexplained, but it doesn't really add much in the grand scheme of things. It's just a bit of a throwaway explanation. Like, I, yeah, to be clear, I kind of like that there's an arc. I'll get to that anyway. But yeah, we've got the fact that she hates her mum, but we don't know why. We get that she meets her mum and her grandmother, but doesn't piece that together. She has to have that explained to her. That's really frustrating. We've got, yet again, a trope, with this character where she meets some young people and immediately becomes best friends. Why is this a thing? Even though she barely spends any time with them until they get transformed into sirens and then they probably pop up more frequently. I think she hangs out with them at the beach briefly. They go swimming and she's like, oh, I hate swimming, it's for losers. And that's it. (laughs) We get her falling for Soren and it just comes out of nowhere and it just feels really weird because this is a character, I strongly feel about this, this is a character that is consistently being written younger than she is meant to be. She comes across very immature most of the time and now she's being put up against adult soldiers as romantic situations it just it came off weird to me oh so what else do we have that i think is a bit rushed or missed opportunities whatever just a little note the siren girls i was getting serious vampires of venice vibes from them it just oh, was that level of you're right yeah just like cringe <laughs> and awfulness like yeah, yeah. not good stuff <laughs>
2: so true <laughs>
0: This, the ancient evil that's supposedly been popping up everywhere, uh, the reference is just, there's chess sets. It's like, there's this evil hasn't been manifesting necessarily. I guess there was the reference to Lady Penelope, like something was perhaps possessing her to do stuff. But I don't know, it just all felt ham-fisted. We've got, I just pick it up on a point you just made, actually, solidified some stuff in my head. This great serpent character that then turns on Fenric at the end, If we got that backstory, if that character had been expanded, could have so clearly been like Darth Vader to Fenric's Emperor. And Mm. it would have felt like a worthy scene of just, yeah, someone who had good inside them just being manipulated. We don't know anything about this character. They're just like some other big ancient evil type thing that gets summoned and then Doc talks to for two seconds, and they go, oh, all right, okay, fine, yeah, I'll just go sacrifice myself then, whatever. We also get this random bit about, yeah, war being a game played by politicians and that soldiers should just unite to overthrow the shackles of whatever. Oh, yeah, just just, I don't know. What else is going on? We've got just a lot of really short scenes I felt in this serial. A lot of cutting backwards and forwards, just an incredibly fast pace. We weren't allowed to just sit and dwell on anything, particularly when things just ramped up towards the end. It felt like the last 10 minutes were on fast forward. It was just insane we've got in reference it is referenced in this serial but we have doc again knowing details about what's going on not letting anyone including the audience know that he knows and so they can join in with the fun of it all it's just it always feels a bit just poorly written like that's that's the takeaway i get from it it's not that doc's being clever it's that you didn't write this in a way that we get to know what's happening and it just it's a bit frustrating but yeah, I it's not all bad like i think i really like the fact they filmed this on location it was it was really good i think the production levels were pretty high in general some of the, the costumes like the great serpent we said it was an amazing costume you're right all the hemovores looked pretty good as well even even the sirens like all they had was like turned like pale and with some long fingernails i think that actually looked pretty cool Acting in general was pretty good, apart from the siren girls, and I think I'd probably have to throw Judson in with this as well. I think he was just such a caricature. It was ridiculous. Judson
1: was so good.
0: (laughs) It was dialed up to twenty. It should have come back down to like nine. (laughs) But I also I do have to give props for an attempt at an arc of some kind. I do appreciate Mm -hmm. that. I like that we've been able to sit here and go, well, what did that mean for this thing that happened previously? And could we rewatch it and get a different thing from it? I'm not convinced I would take things differently now knowing this in hindsight, but I definitely give you marks for attempting it, even though it felt a little bit flat for me. (laughs) And I also really like this story is focusing quite a lot on the Doctor and the Companion. Like, that's quite a rarity in classic. And I think it's such a missed opportunity in a lot of, t- lot of cases. Because these are characters we spend a lot of time with. And it feels like in a lot of cases, we don't know them very well. We don't know, like, their backstories, like the companions. We don't even know the Doctor's backstory. And they're trying to do a little bit expose with both of those things. And I appreciate that. I do appreciate that. So, yeah, for me, overall, it's a bit of a confusing mess. It's got some good ideas in there, but it's lost a bit amongst the Tangled story and attempt at, like, the arc. So I'm just going to go straight down the middle with this 2.5.
1: Wow! (laughs) 2.5! I mean, is it too late to change my rating? You've kind of talked me down. That's a fantastic mini with some very solid arguments. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. By the way, it may not surprise you to learn that the two vampire siren actors acted in nothing else after this
0: oh wow okay
1: yeah (laughs) sorry (laughs) sorry to both of them but i'm hoping that they had very fruitful careers in some other industry but yeah 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 oh my god fantastic many
0: yeah so yeah i'm feeling a little bit harsh i no, Still going to no throw it. that caveat out. I think I could sit down and watch this without a review ahead on and enjoy it. So, yeah. anyway, let's perhaps then see how this settled in podcast land's minds, eh? Shall we go to listener minutes Oh, do we dare? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> listener minutes. Now let's hear from podcast land. Next to. 50, or it would get out of hand.
0: Oi, oi, you lucky people. Welcome once again to the (laughs) listener minis section of this podcast episode. We've got a literal handful, five minis in this time. Yeah, we were a little bit switching around schedule-wise, so possibly some of you didn't manage to get your reviews in time. Apologies for
1: that. Yeah, sorry about that.
0: But we've got three we're going to read out in their full splendor, and Mm. then a couple we're just going to snip, snip, snip. First up, we have got Stephen from Canada. Canada. Hello, Stephen. Hello there, Stephen. Stephen says, for point of reference, I watched the reconstruction of the VHS extended version included on the season 26 Blu-ray box set and watched it before Ghostlight as it was intended by the creators. Okay. Mm -hmm. With that in mind, Stephen continues, what an incredibly creative story. Full of espionage, action, mystery, and fantasy. I love the World War II setting, and it is amazingly realised both in terms of set design, costumes, and acting. Ace gets some wonderful, though enigmatic, closure, and we continue on for melee adventures.
1: Stephen continues, while this is an excellent and thoroughly enjoyable story, I do feel like it has some pacing issues. The story is very dense and really doesn't give the viewer a chance to let everything sink in. I think a slower pace spread across more episodes would have worked better. Overall, this story earns, holy moly, five non-government property genie vases out of five.
0: (laughs) Wowzers. Okie dokie then.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But again, this is the extended edition. And even the extended edition, Stephen says, feels... It's
0: too fast-paced still. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, holy moly. Oh, Stephen, excellent stuff. Thank you so much for that. I'm so curious about this special edition. I really, really want to see it. Yeah. No, it is intriguing, actually.
0: By the way, we did talk like I...
1: about that weird ending for Ace. She jumps into the water and has we hear her inner monologue as she swims around. Wait, what? What does she do? Oh, is this not in the cut that you saw? At the very end, at the very end, Doc and Ace go back to the water. Doc says something like, you shouldn't be afraid of the water. And then Ace dives in. Really nice dive, by the way. Like, well done, Ace. And apparently, Trivia says she only did this because, like, it's only in the episode because she really wanted to do this. (laughs) <laughs> she dives in And then we get to see her Swimming underwater And there's voiceover Ace voiceover over that, is that Oh I do is... so, Interesting I think maybe it was I think
0: I didn't write notes about it So I've kind of forgotten And looking at the transcript It's Kathleen and Ace
1: Oh that's what it is yeah
0: Talking off camera Audrey, I don't it's alright darling
1: I'll yeah. always love you I'll always love you
0: No that's, that's not r- really in my head Maybe I wasn't paying attention at that point I'm sorry
1: <laughs> and I thought it was a longer bit I didn't actually Don't even remember but You know what We're gonna both re-watch this At some point So Cool Stephen Thank you so much For this mini Dude I really want to interact With Stephen online How can I do that
0: Well you can get on Over to the Twitch sphere And go okay. to At S Very nice
1: Thank you very much Stephen Thank you Stephen Who's next
0: Next up we've got Gustav's paddock
1: Hello, Chris. Dapps. What up, Chris? Dapps? Hello,
0: Chris Apps. says, Sly McCoy going from strength to strength.
1: What a serial.
0: I'm going to skew my usual format and just list my likes. Oh, terrific. I'll, I'll take the first chunk and then you can dive in, my friend. A fantastic, well realized new monster. Hmm. The Vikings. The commies. Oh, yeah. Ace <laughs> solving a logic puzzle. A man sure. getting possessed this is starting Absolutely. to sound like a where's wally to be honest <laughs> ace meeting her grandmother ace holding that's her funny. mother as an infant
1: okay that's weird <laughs> christophs continues the list more chess ace kicking ass the doctor being clever the doctor making ace confront her trauma again ace going swimming in a baptismal metaphor oh i see yeah okay mm-hmm. Two teenagers calling people names and two teenagers turning into zombies. Actually, that's (laughs) a solid list. It's genuinely a solid list. Nice one, Chris
0: And rounding it up, Chris says, I could keep going on and on. There's so much to love here. Watching this season with you all makes me question,
1: who in the hell
0: cancelled this show after this season? (laughs) And Chris
1: gives this a rating of what, Mr. Leon? Holy moly. Kristaps gives this a rating of 4.5 Puritanical Old Moms scolding girls for going swimming out of five. <laughs>
0: wow, nice.
1: <laughs> Wicked, evil girls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. Wow. Another, yeah, another stuff, person Chris. out there in podcast land with a humongous heart. Great yeah, enormous. stuff, Kristaps. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you
0: very much, Kristaps.
1: Who's next?
0: Next up, we've got Ollie Raven. What up, Ollie? Ollie starts. Hello there. Hello. So we're off to the death throes of World War II then for some blood sucking shenanigans. Oh yeah. As with Delta, this isn't an era the early days of the show would have treated as historical.
1: Doc forges documents to gain access to a military base. Is this another pre Eccleston psychic paper sighting? I'm going to say no. Yes, I would also say no. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. This is is him, exactly as you say, Ollie, this is him forging documents. This is Doc committing fraud. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) The late Nicholas Parsons gives a solid performance here as a vicar suffering a wartime crisis of faith. At the Mm. time of writing, I have not long watched a new Dracula film called Renfield, which seems at one point, possibly spoiler for none who... Recent fiction alert, block your ears if you wish, podcast land, to borrow this serial's interpretation of why vampires actually recoil at the sight of the cross. Interesting. Uh, so it's yeah.
1: based on uh, faith, I assume. Cool. Cool. He continues, speaking of guest stars, is that two hemovar-based adventures Anne Reed's been part of now, counting new Who, Smith and Jones. Yes, yes it is, Ollie. Ollie continues, the baby turning out to be Ace's mother is a great twist, but does ruin the story's rewatchability level, a smidgen. I also enjoyed how the scene was directed when she went for a swim. No wonder that Soviet soldier fell for her terrible flirting so easily. Oh hum whistles. <laughs> And Ollie sums up, this was one of the first pair of
0: Doctor Who DVDs I ever bought alongside the two Doctors, so I clearly yes. already held it in high regard from earlier viewings. And then, ratings-wise, Ollie says, overall, I awarded 4.5 emotionally crippled intergalactic chess pieces. Surely the show will only go from strength to strength from here? <laughs> oh...
1: Oh, 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 yeah, I don't want to disappoint. So just, let's just leave it that. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie, terrific mini. Very good stuff and fantastic rating. Hey, Chris Tapps, here's your friend who agrees with you. Nice one. Yeah. People who are not Ollie should absolutely say hi to Ollie online. Where can they find Ollie?
0: Ollie can be found on Instagram at foggy.doctorwho. That's, That's doctor, the honorific title. Abbreviation, as yeah.
1: <laughs> That's right, yeah yeah nice one ollie thank you very much thank you ollie who's next
0: next we're into our last couple which have been snipped unfortunately but we have none other than the Zoommeister himself peter zunich
1: oh my god the one the only hello peter <coughs> my neighbors must wonder what we get up to <laughs> <laughs> Peter says, snip, snippity, snip, 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 and he concludes with everything else is near perfect. Hmm, guess you need to read the entire mini to understand what he's talking about. All that was needed was a bit of finishing paint in between the things that go boom. And he gives this 4.6 plot points that even influenced events revisited in New Who. Ooh. Very, 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 very Nice. Thank you very much, Good Peter.
0: stuff. Thank you, Peter.
1: Uh, Who's lost?
0: Well, next and last indeed is Kieran.
1: Kevin's What up Kieran
0: Kieran says lots of lovely words And then says The special edition gets 4.9 out of 5 Ooh, But the TV version Only gets a measly 3.7 out of 5 Burning chess sets
1: Yeah right well there you go
0: That big of a difference We
1: need to watch this thing dude Yeah. Oh Kieran terrific ratings Plural
0: Hmm if I was trying to deliver some things across <laughs> a city, for example, and wanted to hire a van, but I'm worried about the pollution levels inside city centres, and feel like I should
1: general, get some kind of electric the vehicle. CO2 levels are super high. Yeah, absolutely. Do where, where exactly might I go to procure such a thing? Cakes. I'm so glad you asked. The answer is simple. Head on over to KJEvans2. Use the promo code Who Back When all in one word for ten percent off your first Evan purchase. <laughs> <laughs> That's KJ Evans2 for all your Evan needs. Thanks, Kieran. Thank you, Kieran.
0: <laughs> well, holy moly, that was it. Oh, yeah. We've talked oh, about God. stuff. Podcast Land's got their say. Yeah, um, thanks everyone who sent something in. Yes, thank you all. Curse of Fenric tick we have but so one to this, go one... oh my god oh my <laughs> yeah oh wow like okay how are we gonna play this are you gonna be able to get through just not sobbing the entire next podcast episode
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i can't promise that i won't be in tears <laughs> well i will make it work it'll yeah, it'll yeah. be whatever it is <laughs>
0: I mean to be clear, you're seeing a separation. Like the next serial survival is the end of classic. I mean, we obviously get that's the right. TV movie yep. in between, but that's its own thing. Yeah. The next one is it really is, yeah. the end of classic. Yeah,
1: that's it. Ironically, paradoxically entitled survival. Yes. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> this is the strangest next time on on yes. Doctor Who. Next time on Who Back When we've ever encountered, I think.
0: It's crazy. I'm so happy I'm here at the end to be part of this with you, dude.
1: Oh my god, Um, I'm so happy that you're here too, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's part of what's coming up next. Spoilers for the next segment in this episode, wrapping it up. Mm. Yeah, next up, classic-wise, we will be diving into survival. Unfortunately, the classic era itself will not be surviving at the end of it, but... (laughs) Hopefully yep. that serial
1: <laughs> gives us some stuff. Do to, you have any idea what it's about, on. by the way? I have zero idea.
0: I have seen who is in it. I don't know anything okay. about the plot. Um, okay, right, cool. New Who, though, will pop up before then, and you guys will be yes, talking about right. what?
1: We're going to be wrapping up the Flux season, season 13, with The Vanquishers. Ooh
0: yeah nice and so that's the last flux and then you're into the odd specials
1: that's right yeah that's the last flux and then what do we have daleks in a storage facility and sea devils on a pirate ship and yeah i'm pretty sure those are the actual titles and i can't remember (laughs) that oh power of the doctor
0: (laughs) yeah yeah wow it's all it's all coming to a head audio wise you still got redacted to get to at some point
1: we have sort of semi-penciled that in so we're probably going to be doing that in the next like maybe the next couple of weeks i'm not entirely sure we'll figure it out i haven't listened to it yet but that's coming up very
0: soon nice and bonus wise well survival will not just be the end of classic it will be the end of the seventh doctor era so we will have a seventh doctor retrospective coming up in the bonus
1: absolutely we will yeah yeah
0: Obviously, before then, if you want to reach out online, you can grab Mr. Leon on Twitter. How would they address you?
1: They can address me as at punken, Ponken, P O N K E N. If seriously, podcast land, say hi. I will say hi right back. I very rarely leave a message unread and unanswered. So go for it. <laughs> Don't expect me to um, tweet though.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> that's far too much pressure. Yeah, I can. <laughs> Be found in similar situations on Mastodon at jimmyatthewhatnow.eu. Also, oh I don't God. really post much, but I try and interact if people are so inclined to message me.
1: That's really good stuff. Yeah. And clearly, you have been interacting with people about this one, even.
0: Yeah. Yeah. People have been... Well, one one person in particular was reaching out. Nice. Let me know about the arc that was coming, the character development that was current coming. So, yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Cool. Well... That wraps up this episode. It's been a blast. Thanks, dude, for entertaining myself and Podcast Land and chatting along. Oh, thanks. Along.
1: Uh, you, dude, in italics. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, Podcast Land, for being a wonderful audience. You, you always know how to lift us up when we need it, when the show's flagging a bit, and we need you to cheer along and just you go silent when it gets all dramatic and you just you always know how to play it so well so uh, it's so true every
1: time that i'm sad podcast land just comes up to me puts a hand on my shoulder then another hand behind my ear and from behind my ear plucks out a little gold coin
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh they're so good at that yeah yeah until the next time which will be the last time in classic until the movie see you
1: yeah rock on be rad next to each other and cha-chao